0: Hooray, go Bulls. So here's the deal. Um, I think this is a win for both sides. And I think it's good for Mark Harlan to move on to Utah. I think he did a good job at USF. I think USF, after Doug Willard needed someone to come in and clean a little bit of house and kick a little bit of ass, he certainly did that. I think Mark Seil also rubbed certain people inside and outside the university a little bit the wrong way. And I think that a bigger program with better resources will frustrate him less than USF did because being on the wrong side of the P5 wall is certainly a challenge, difficult. So I think this is probably a win for both sides. Now, let's get to what really matters, which is who will be the next athletic? First of all, did USF know this was coming? I had no clue. Now, it's not like I'm checking no. in with USF every day like I used to. It's not like people are calling me when they hear rumors like they used to, and that's a good thing. Nate, did you have any idea? Because I sure as hell didn't.
1: No, but hindsight being
0: twenty twenty, it kind of makes sense. Sure, um, I agree. He hadn't tweeted in four days. He hadn't tweeted in four days, but like that's a little esoteric. I don't know if USF knew this was coming. And I don't I'm not saying necessarily they got blindsided, but the fact that Utah sent out a tweet six hours ago, and USF hasn't even sent a release or anything, and I think they might be waiting because if they totally got blindsided here, then they got to make the decision, which is, are we doing a search committee or not? Are we hiring a firm or not? And those are the two decisions that generally you'll want to send out with a press release to look like you kind of were prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And if they totally got blindsided here, then they don't know what the fuck to do. So they're probably putting that together now, and then we'll get a press release, and it'll tell us if they're doing a committee and if they're doing a firm, or they're just going to say they're doing a committee, whatever, and Bill Sutton will likely be involved if they decide to go that route, or if they're going to do it internally. Now, the only two names that I've heard and I've talked to, I don't know, probably 30 people in the last five hours, okay? And done so over phones and over text and over Twitter DM and over IG DM and like I can't even tell you. I've talked to basically every everyone under the sun. And everyone is making this massive assumption that it's either going to be Derek Brooks or Rob Higgins. I am on board with both. Either way. I know Derek doesn't have a lot of administrative experience, but he can raise money. I know Rob does have a lot of administrative experience and marketing experience, and he can raise money. So if you went with either one of those choices, I think the fan base just sort of stands up and applauds. However, I also re USF industry of USF under Judy Genshaft, which is basically you do a national search and you pick some random white guy who's got qualifications from a search firm from across the country. And that's just kind of what USF has always done. So all of these assumptions that are out there that it's going to be Derek or it's going to be Rob, and I hope they're right, that doesn't necessarily fit the long-term – like the the history of USF under Judy Genshaft. and not just in athletics. We're talking in medicine. We're talking deans. We're talking – Everywhere else, this is not what she does. She did it with Leroy, but Leroy was already working with the athletic department and had done so since they started fundraising for football, and I believe like 1994. So, like he had a relationship with the university before he became athletic director. To pick somebody out of the ether that you know just sort of was hand selected—that's not really what USF does. So, I'm not sure what the plan is here. But all of these assumptions that it's just necessarily going to be Derek and Rob, and I hope they're right, just the history of the university makes me believe that that might not be so. Here's the other thing. Judy is now 70 years old, as the Tampa Bay Times pointed out today when they published her salary and her incentive program. That's part of a very large piece they did on how much money people make in Tampa Bay. Judy is 70. I would assume she doesn't think she's going to work here for another decade. Okay? Maybe. Maybe she thinks she will. I don't know. But how much is this going to be run by the board? How much is this going to be run by the foundation board? And how much is this going to be run by the present university? And that is a question that I just do not know the answer to. I've talked to some people that have opinions and ideas, but they don't necessarily have any information either. So when I see who is being charged with doing the research on a hire, when I see who who is charged with making the hire and how they make the hire, I think we'll be able to have a better sense of how this is gonna go. But all of these like random assumptions and, and Joey Knight tweeted out if it's not Derek Brooks, Rob Higgins, or Ken Erickson, then they shouldn't share it any further. While I agree with his assessment, I also know USF and I don't think that's gonna happen. Okay. That's what I've got. Questions?
2: Well that's about it for us everybody. Thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> so i'm like and lists? by the way if you're asking i'm a good eight nine beers deep like happy <laughs> hour came i left the office i went and met up with some friends i had a few pops basically i spent the entire time like staring at my phone and my ipad the entire time because that's all it was just like ping 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 with me. my yeah, phone has not stopped ringing i'm sure nate you're in the same boat your phone just does, does not stop ringing when this shit happens yeah it's not fun. I- And it's like, I don't even do the blog anymore. Like I told multiple people today, call Nate, like call Nate. And they're like, what's Nate's number? And actually, Nate, there are a couple of people that whose number I have sent. I've sent your number to a few people and I'm like, call him. Not my department anymore.
1: (laughs) That's fine. So Harlan owes the
0: university half of his base pay. I don't Um, think he pays it. I think USF lets him go. So here's the other thing, is that he kind of got the Seth Greenberg extension, which was, yeah. we'll give you an extension, but that makes you look good. It makes it look like we still love you when we're not necessarily like super enthused with your performance, but necessarily don't want to make a change either. So here's your extension, but eh, if you find another job, we're not going to really object either.
2: When you look at the the timing of when Harlan left and when the Utah job came open, the the Utah AD, Chris Hill, I think his name is, Mm -hmm. he'd been there since 1987. And he announced in March that he was going to retire later this spring around now. If you look at the timing, basically Mark Harlan signed his new contract with his left hand, and with his right hand, he was calling whoever athletic directors called to tell people they're interested in other jobs to tell them that he was interested in other jobs.
0: And by the way, I, think those I also- those things want...
2: happened almost simultaneously.
0: And by the way, I, I can confirm, because I had a couple people at a couple other schools call me, that Mark's name was floated for jobs that are not just Arizona and Utah. So there were a couple other people that were definitely interested, and his name got at least dropped to like bloggers at those schools. So, I'm just saying that I don't think the job search necessarily ever stopped per se, and that's not a, and, I, and it's not a knock on Harlan. That's just kind of how the business works. So, just pointing that out well, as well.
2: How, how long does it usually take for an athletic director to get hired? Like, it's not like a, a normal job where you get you yeah. you apply and you interview and the whole decision is done in three or four weeks. Hopefully.
0: So it just kind of depends. Some schools want to move quickly and some schools are really willing to take their time. And it, I don't think there's any less necessarily like one case. So I, I, I don't think necessarily there's like, there's not really a normal there. And so that's probably a bad analogy to make. It doesn't really make things fun. But um, I don't know how long Utah was in search mode. So to make any assumptions there, I don't think necessarily is fair. Okay.
2: Another question. How much will Judy listen to the opinion of one Jeffrey Vinnick on this search?
0: So that is like the biggest question that I've heard because I've heard, and I'm not going to lie, I've heard two diametrically opposing things about this. I've heard Vinnick and Brooks are super duper close and that Vinnick will ask for Derek will push Judy and say, you need to hire Derek Brooks. And believe it or not, I've actually heard the exact polar opposite as well. So I don't know. And I, I'm just going to say that I was kind of stunned that the, it was like hearing two completely different worlds. Like one is white and one is black. It was like listening to Fox news and MSNBC at the same time. I'm hearing this from two polar opposite points of view. So I don't know. And I don't trust one more than the other, and so I just I, – these are people that come with equal weight to me, and they all are saying very, very different things. So I guess my – and that's not really a good answer, but my answer is we'll see because I don't know.
2: Okay, so two points. One, okay. I don't think Fox News and MSNBC are necessarily on polar opposite sides of each other. Really? Wink, wink. Okay. Uh, yeah. And second, I think well, people are, are put one one off on Derek Brooks in, by him. his time with the storm uh, as the GM and the president and basically leading that team to cease operations. But mm-hmm. arena football, that league is viable. There's a long list of people who have failed as executives of franchises in that league. I mean, that league is powered down and started up, what, three times now? It's not necessarily so, like a badge of shame if your team doesn't make it.
0: That hold on. That was a point that I made to, uh, to some people today. It's like, they're like, well, he failed as president of the store, dude, Winston Churchill would have failed as president of the store. Like it doesn't matter. Like there's sometimes you can't win. And arena football for it's, you know, and people are very dedicated and love the sport and all that kind of stuff. God bless them. But arena football has basically failed everywhere it's ever been tried and so to say that he failed as the executive of the Storm, I just don't think is – a that's not necessarily disqualifying in any case in any way at all whatsoever.
2: He could Let even me, argue that Vinick that knew that the Storm was kind of a, a money dump and that it wouldn't last forever and that he gave Brooks the job to get him experience being a sports executive.
0: A very another possibility, again, an answer that I just don't have.
1: This is uh, Brooks's. Wikipedia uh, entry about his time with the Storm. (laughs) In 2011, Brooks became part owner and the team president of the Tampa Bay Storm of the Arena Football League, period. The team folded in December 2017,
2: period. And that's it. So he made it, what, six, seven years in a rickety at best league, and they almost won a couple more Arena Bowls, didn't they? So he couldn't have done that terrible a job building the team.
1: Yeah.
2: uh, Although, to be fair, there were only four teams in the league it's pretty
1: easy to win an arena ball and also to be fair in 2011 they were replacing Tim Markham who went on you know the racist and sexist email chain like
2: <laughs> he, was ba-
1: he was basically you know forwarding like Michael Scott like emails throughout the office and right. got popped and he had so, to take over
0: the fact that Tim Markham and Steve Dumick had a show together for years in Tampa. You do all you need to know about TIP Sports Radio. Just throwing it out there.
2: (laughs) Why do you think think within minutes of this news breaking, I ran to the Twitter box and made the Rich Versace joke? I was so proud of you for that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I know Steve is no longer on the air, uh, it still needed to be said. Because if he didn't break that news, he would talk to somebody who would.
0: Which means I don't know, I think Rich Versace would be a good fit. (laughs) Uh, Christ on a cross. So, yeah. So, to me, and I've said this on Twitter, and I'm just going to say it here, and then I'll probably like talk for a little bit more, and then I'm probably going to go out. So, I'm probably leaving. You guys can continue without me. The thing that I say is look, for the last 20 years, 20 plus years before Paul Griffin, USF has hired people from out of town. That don't understand this market, that don't understand the Tampa's weird, that don't understand the ethnic, cultural, weird dynamics that it takes to raise money in the city. And the number one priority for the next athletic director at USF is to raise money. It's to get money for a a indoor practice facility that is not all based on deferred giving. They need Cash in the door. They need major companies to step up. Mosaic, a Fortune 500 company, has just decided to relocate here from Alabama. There is another independent battery company that's just relocating to Hillsborough County. Like, those are the kind of big, you know, big corporate support that the university needs going forward. And that is a, a place where USF Athletics traditionally has just not done well. And that's because the dynamics of the city are really strange in that way. It, what works at most schools will never work at USF. You have to go to the right communities. You got to talk to the right people. You got to know where to look because net, the, the money that's there and there's plenty of it is not necessarily available on the surface. You got you to find it. You got to go dig. You got to talk to people. You got to build relationships. You're not going to walk in and make that happen. So I want some, I want us to hire somebody that understands the city because it is unusual. It is different. You can take a, a uh, an athletic director off the street and drop them in Oviedo and they're going to be able to call Disney and they're going to be able to call wall street and, you know, church street and all those places in, in downtown town Tam- or downtown Orlando. And they're going to be able to make and build most of the relationships that they'll need to expand their program. That's never going to work in this town. Tampa is old money. It's the, the cultures are are just different. And we need someone who understands the city because we've tried going outside and bringing in people from other places. And the only one who's ever been able to raise the kind of money that USF has needed has been way of And he was part of that culture. Everyone else, ever brought in. Paul Griffin did an, um, an amazing job raising $5 million dollars to help build the football program with the first team and get that thing launched and ready to go. But since but we've he worked,
2: also had Leroy riding shotgun with him.
0: And he had Leroy riding shotgun, exactly. But Paul Griffin was smart enough to know that he needed Leroy riding shotgun. You know what I mean? Yes. But, but the last two guys that we've hired haven't been able to get the dollars in the door. We need someone who understands Tampa. And I don't know who, like, you know, Derek and Rob are obviously two tremendously talented people who know more about, have forgotten more about Tampa than I'll ever know. Those are the people, those are the kind of people that we need. And we need somebody who understands the city and makes USF Tampa's university. It can't be about the region or, you know, the other things that have got to be about if it's the only way you're going to build this program. And I know it's not a popular thing to say, But somebody who understands Stanford. I also saw Brett McMurphy floated Mike Kelly. Uh, I worked with Mike when I worked at USF many years ago. He was there. I think we crossed over for about a year. And then I saw him. I think I saw him at the Florida State USF game two years ago as well. I think he was there. And I think that was the last time we said hi. Mike is a brilliant guy would be a terrific choice but get him to give up being the guy in charge of the college football playoff to come back and be the athletic director at usf
2: no i just don't
0: so i usf should absolutely call him and i think he'd be an amazing choice but i just don't think that's ever going to happen you know i don't think they can get him And
1: just for anyone who doesn't know what Bob Higgins does, um, because there could be some people who don't know, executive director
0: for the Tempe Sports Commission. He's been in the job since 2004. Him I worked at USF together, and he, he Mm -hmm. he worked at USF when he was literally like 12 years old. He was like the manager of the basketball team. And he worked his way all the way up to associate athletic director at USF. And he took the job with the sports commission. Every big event you get in this town: college football playoffs, Super Bowl, Women's Final Four, Frozen Four, whatever it is, that all goes WrestleMania. through his WrestleMania, exactly. That
2: are uh, Rumble, of, them all, of
0: course. Yeah, exactly. All of and that goes through his department and his office and his staff, which are in- amazing. Like, I'm totally biased here because I'm friends with a lot of them. They are the most talented, hardworking people that I know. And he motivates them and he works with them. and They do incredible, incredible work. I am not going to lie. I am totally biased in their direction because I think they'd be amazing. And, and I would hope that he would also bring some of those people to USF with him. and I'm sure he would, but we'll see.
1: I want to circle back to Harlan's buyout. You said that they probably would just let him walk away from that. I think they would walk away, yeah. So I'm looking, comparing the contracts between 2014 and 2018, and 2014's uh, voluntary resignation by the athletic director was just the cost of the search firm. Okay. And then this one is actually half of uh, your contract. Why not? If if you kind of see where I'm getting at, like if if to, you're, you're just going to let him walk away because it's uh, – a we kind of have to do this anyway why not just leave it as you just have to pay the search firm fee and that's it
0: so okay I'm fine with that or you know remember the the terms generally and I I haven't looked at the agreement since I saw it Um, I looked at Harwood's contract a couple weeks ago but I haven't looked at it since (laughs) but by the way he only signed it a few weeks ago Um,
1: 49 days Oh, is that it? Seven weeks
0: exactly. 49 days. So, and seven, seven weeks. weeks. How pissed Judy is about this. If Judy's really mad that he left and just wants like, look, man, you, I signed this extension and you just dipped out on me and she's pissed and she wants a pound of flesh, go get it. Go get your 260 I'm fine with that. If you feel like that this is a good decision for both parties and this is something you were tacitly encouraging anyway and like, hey, you no, know, I understand. You know, this might be the right fit for both parties, blah, 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 blah. Look, USF could definitely use $250,000. There is no doubt about that. That's a regional bidder, too.
2: Do they agree on this amongst themselves and not tell Utah and tell Utah, yeah, you got to pay up?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, like, what matters here is does does Judy want to pound a flesh out of this? Is she pissed? The fact that we don't have a release yet from USF Athletics, maybe some kind of indication they didn't know this was coming. And if that's the case, maybe she is pissed. I don't
2: know. But yeah, if the contract was designed in a way that it was saying, look, you can stay, but if you want to leave, we're not opposed to that either. Then right. maybe she's not that pissed.
0: Yeah, I just don't know. So we'll see.
2: You know, you mentioned, and we talked about it a little bit in our in our Slack channel, uh, hiring people who don't have athletic director experience. I'm not so worried about that if you hire somebody like Derek Brooks, because first of all, anybody would be willing to work for him because he's. He's pretty much the gold standard right now of any former Buccaneer players. But you can also you can find people who have athletic department experience and have knowledge of what you have to do when you have to hire a coach or when you have to negotiate something or whatever. You know, he can he'll have people who can kind of buttress him for those first couple of years. So that's that's not a big concern. And seeing as the only local candidates that anybody seems to mention are people who do not have athletic department experience. I think we can figure that out as we go along. I mean, Leroy didn't have any athletic director experience, and he did pretty well for us. So, it, it, people would will be willing to to help him. Is my point
0: right? And and so if you if Derek Brooks was the one to take the job, now here's the thing, Rob, because of his job getting SEC basketball tournaments and ACC tournaments and everything else that he's brought to the city. He's got those relationships. He knows all these college yeah. athletics administrators. He doesn't need necessarily, a I mean, he'll want one, but he, he doesn't necessarily need like a top flight operations guy. You know, to build yeah, a,
2: he's got a list of contacts from my house to yours.
0: He knows literally all of the players and what and where they're coming from and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what Derek's relationships are like on that. Point. By his resume, it doesn't seem like he would have a ton of them. If you hire Derek Brooks, you have to bring in an operations person or a a number two that can navigate the day to day. The advantage of hiring Derek Brooks is if Derek Brooks calls you in the city of Tampa, you take that call, you take that meeting. And, And he's earned that with the work that he's done, not just on the football field, but with the Brooks Bartolo School, with all the charitable work he's done in this town. You know, there is no one who gets a phone call from Derek Brooks and go and hangs up, and that is a massive, massive deal. And that's what USF needs: It's someone to open the gate, to open those doors. And he would be a massive help in that way, but he would also need somebody administratively, with probably a little more college athletics experience than Derek has right now. So,
2: and but I don't needs, think he needs his barber, Sparks she is what you're saying.
0: He needs a barber. He needs needs Mary Clements. He needs a, you know, whomever it might be. You know, we have already had one of those in Corey Johnson. And unfortunately, Corey was let go for a sexual harassment. Let's not have that happen again. But we could uh, we could find someone else, I'm sure, who could come in and do that. Financially, you know, Harlan was making half a million bucks a year. I have no idea what Higgins makes. Um, I'm sure it's public record. Somebody probably served. And I don't know what Derek Brooks would want but it would seem like money would not be like a something that would keep this from getting done on any side.
1: Yeah, I mean there's been some funny names floated out. What's the funniest name you
0: guys have uh,
1: heard so far?
2: Ooh.
0: Um somebody let's see here. I have a I have a hire Ulander in my mentions hire Ulander wealth. I like Ulander a lot. I don't know if Mr. Necessarily- I don't know if he's ready to be the athletic director. I don't know what his experience is like, but I like you later. I think he's a great guy. Um, did did you, I'm just going through my mentions right now. So what else y'all got?
1: Yeah. Uh, I saw a Lalo.
0: <laughs> Look, man.
2: <laughs> Lalo.
0: Okay. I don't know if Lalo's is ready to be AD, but that guy can That'd raise be funny back. Lalo is the plug. In Tampa, that guy knows everybody born and raised here, won national championships at UT baseball coach at US, uh, USF. That dude knows everyone knows where everybody is buried in this town. I don't think he's in necessarily the AD coming in, but any AD that does get hired and does not meet with Lewell Prado is is making a huge mistake because you want that guy on your team. Throwing it out there. Continue.
2: What else you got? It. I haven't heard any like really stupid names. I've just heard all of the people throwing out the disgraced former Wiz Kid athletic directors, the uh, Tom Juriches, the Mark hollis's of the world. That is no, not happening. That is never, never happening.
0: Judy's Judy's never hired a dude. I think we can tell the story now. It's been twelve, thirteen years. Uh, Judy had 14. probably served up on silver platter. Bob Huggins was ready to become the coach at USM. And all Judy had, Gensheft had to do was say, do you want to be the coach? And he would have said yes, and he would have come here. And there was no way she was ever going to touch him. It was just never going to happen. So, got
2: There was also the story uh, a couple years before, after Leroy stepped down and we were looking for a new ID. I believe the firm recommended Mark Hollis to her, did. and she just was not going to go there.
0: No candidate who ended up at Boise and then It's the number two in Virginia, and I'm going to Google his name now. John Oliver, I want to say. Not the guy um, on TV, obviously. Hold on. I was worried there for a minute. Slightly different. Yeah, John Oliver, J-O-N Oliver. He had the drug use in his past. So the committee recommended... Oh, I forget. It was, but he was one of the candidates, and then, but he had a, some cocaine, like just some mild, mild cocaine use. But he had some mild cocaine use in his past, and this was however many years ago. When was Wilbur hired? Two thousand four. Two
2: thousand four. It was fourteen yeah, years right. ago. Yeah, fourteen
0: years ago. And as soon as that came out, he was not offered the position. Mark Hollis, who was from Michigan State, was a candidate at that point, and he did not get the job because the committee thought he had some ideas that were far too wacky. Oh, that's right. And then I think he became a two-time Athletic Director of the Year at Michigan State. And then we were all like, God, we missed out on Mark Hollis. It sucks. And then, of course, he had the massive scandal under with his His gymnastics gymnastics. right? So, but for the grace of God. And we also, and Jamie and I are also guilty because both of us have always said that, uh, Tom George is the example of how you could be a non P5 program, raise a fuck ton of money, get everything right, get all your sports on the same team. everything happens, And then of course now Louisville is involved in massive scandals under his watch and blah, 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 blah. Although I keep, I think you can make the argument too that what Mark Hollis or excuse me, what Tom George did for Louisville in the long run, even with like having to take the banners down and the, Horrible scandal, that it might have worked out for the universe in the long
2: run. <laughs> yeah, I mean his his transgressions were probably not quite as bad as hollis's I don't really want to start comparing the relative severity and uh, what's the word I want uh, salaciousness of the rumors or the uh, what happened to him. But I mean, he the first probably ten years. Up until they got into the Big East and out of the Big East and into the ACC. Yeah, I mean, if you were thinking about the best athletic director in the country, it was between him and Jeremy Foley, is like your your gold standard.
0: Absolutely. So it just shows how tough this job is because, like, now Jeremy Foley, like, mildly pushed aside at UF. Tom Durich, massive scandal. Mark Hollis, massive scandals. I mean, it's this is, this is a tough gig. So, and that's it. Like, schools that have had a tremendous amount of success. John Oliver ended up at for 16 years is as the associate executive athletic director, like basically like the GM of the football team. And we all know how Virginia football's gone. <laughs> poorly. Not poorly. The Long so, Brothers. The Long Brothers, God bless them. So
2: that. to that guy leaning over the wall, head down, <laughs> pom pom down. Yeah, that's Virginia football.
0: Basically. woof woof. So um <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they stay local. I don't like, and even if there's somebody off the board that I'm not thinking of, but that has serious deep ties to the city that also understands athletics, that understands the importance of the university. I am fine with an unconventional hire. Like if you want to get, you know, like these, like you know, I know Michigan and Dave Brandon didn't exactly work out, but like, I'm fine with going off the board here. That's cool. But my only requirement is it's gotta be somebody who understands this market specifically. Because USF for the last two decades has done a dog shit job of marketing itself and selling itself as Tampa's team and getting community buy-in and getting corporate support and getting donor buy-in and getting all of those things all on the same page. Leroy did it, but unfortunately Leroy was an athletic director for long enough. I mean, even like Leroy, like, you know, he made some mistakes. like we had too many one-double teams that didn't have enough scholarships one year, and it almost cost us a bowl game. You know what I mean? Like it cost us a bowl game. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's there's no perfect guy that you're going to be able to get to be the athletic director at USF. But my number one requirement is somebody who understands the city and can raise a bleak ton of money and get the community bought
2: in. USF is <laughs> important. Uh, now, now, Colin censors himself after he used the word fuck ton. <laughs> what did I
0: say? I say fuck ton. You, you
2: said something like that.
0: Leroy would be very disappointed in me for saying fuck ton. I, I, I would I, sometimes I be awesome. would be the last thing on his list of what he'd be disappointed by you. That's actually <laughs> not true. I, I used to curse in front of Leroy and like me, I would like, and I'd be like, I'm sorry. Like, I would, and I never apologize for cursing. You guys know me. I just say it. But when Leroy, like, he just had such a presence, and like, all the stories you've ever heard about Leroy are 10,000% true. He was the nicest human being that has ever walked the face of the earth. And those of us who knew him and got to work with him and, and like, you know, we still miss him. This university absolutely misses him. And we'll never find someone that good again. But we gotta find someone with his with his moral and ethical code that will work as hard as he did and will do whatever it takes. And and just for Leroy, it was about education. The mo the thing that he cared the most about was the education of student athletes male female using sports as a platform to to make your life better and then to have that person go back and give back to their communities and increase and increase life of of those communities and so that's we need someone like that that can open some doors i think there are some great candidates on the board i think there's some people who can do that but they gotta understand the city And that I just don't want to get a search firm involved that brings in some guy from the Big Sky Conference or freaking the Big 12 or somebody like that that comes in that doesn't understand why this school is weird, that tries to bring in techniques that have worked at other schools and say, oh, well, it worked at Iowa State or it worked at TCU or it worked at whatever, and then say, oh, if it worked there, it's going to work here. It's not going to work here. It never will. This market is weird. It's unique. It needs to be catered to do that. All right. Am I done? I think I've made my point. Yeah. All right. Um,
1: let's do a couple uh, Twitter questions real quick. Right. Maybe we can't answer them. Maybe we can't. Okay. Um, how much of Harlan's decision is because of Judy
0: Ganshaw? No clue. <laughs> I think, I, although I'll say this, like because I've, I've talked to other people about Harlan, um, I don't think he's ever stopped looking. necessarily. I think it might have been a constant trying to find a, the right fit for a while now. Okay.
2: I would say the percentage is somewhere between zero and
0: 100%. I agree with that assessment.
1: I would, but I definitely say there's a non-zero
0: chance that there was something to do with her. Dude, she, she can make it tough. She can make it tough, not just on athletic directors, but on deans but on directors but on a lot of people it's not the first time yeah. so but and and you know we say that but like you know academically the schools are uh, light years ahead of where it was when you got here so true throwing that out there too
2: i have a whole other spiel to go on about usf being pretty good at a lot of things that's not necessarily knowing or being interested in maybe being great at anything but I'll save that for writing it. I don't really have a big speech ready to, to share with everyone, but be on the lookout for that. I have some
0: things okay. I'm interested to see that as well. Real quick. Uh, baseball. Mm. Lost. Yeah. Couldn't get Base is loaded. Base is loaded. Five one game. Dietrich hits the ball. And if the wind blows the wrong the other way or blows behind it, tie game, who the hell knows? Just luck of the draw man it's baseball random Random ass random in a tournament
2: it's just yeah I mean playoff baseball you only get you get one game and that's small sample sizes you know like Billy Bean said you know my shit doesn't work in the playoffs my job is to get us to the playoffs after that it's fucking luck
0: exactly Mm -hmm.
2: and the reason the score got out of hand in the ninth inning I think what happened was USF was already down I think five to two at that point I think Oklahoma State got a rally going and Billy Mole decided, you know what? I'm not going to burn up more of my bullpen trying to keep this to a three-round deficit. and We're probably not going to win anyway. I'll just let this go to hell and save my bullpen for tomorrow because now i got to win four straight to get out of this regional, and it's not worth it.
0: And uh, Yeah, I agree. And that's the smart play when you're down 6-2 in the ninth. Yeah. And you
1: know, so they turn the ball over to Shane McClanahan in game two more than
2: likely? Uh, yeah. Depends oh, on who they play they get Hartford, maybe you save them for the, the swing back game against either Stetson or Oklahoma State.
0: It's going to be, it's going to be Hartford. You should not
2: burn McLennan. Really? Hartford. Oh, Hartford's going to lose. Okay. I thought you said Hartford's
0: going to win. Hold on. Let's check the score. Check the score. It's 8-2 with
2: two, two outs in the ninth. I checked. Uh,
0: Stetson finally. Hatters, going. Mean, oh, Hatters okay. win 8-3 to open the Delaney Regional, says their Twitter account. So we're getting Hartford, which means we should probably not for Shane tomorrow
1: oh, man do you really want to take that chance that you don't even throw
0: your quote unquote best player not playing it's a regional you're not playing for second
2: yeah and also Absolutely. is so necessarily your best pitcher at the moment
0: i don't care if you're that's for two. i don't care if you go to and barbecue you're trying to win the regional don't don't play for second place don't play to like oh well we won a game in the regional who gives a shit try and win the freaking regional in your best path forward is to save your best pitcher for when he's got to play Oklahoma State again. Four steps.
1: They never put it in a bid. That irked the shit out of me. Uh,
0: apparently, I mean, yes. He uh, just seemed guys. pretty upset. I was in charge of that. Isn't here anymore, so we can't. Enemy. Yep. You know I mean? yep. Yeah. I think there was. Clues. That's annoying. No. No. Yes.
2: I guess there is a correlation. I'd like to hear that one. That sounds like a
0: conspiracy I, I theory. That decision only gets made by an athletic director. Now, do, do, is it correlated to him leaving and going taking a Utah job? No. But I think Harlan... So he
2: short-timed it?
0: But I think Harlan is ultimately responsible for us not bidding, yeah.
2: Well, do you mm-hmm. think by then he already knew that he was on his way out the door and he just said hell with
0: it? No. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that... The, that he was the one who made that decision. I don't think like some under, just like, ah, you know what? I don't think we're good enough. We're not going to bid. I think that's a a decision that can only be made by an athletic director. So I think Mark Collin made the decision to not bid or, or he made the decision to bid and somebody screwed up underneath him.
1: I would just, uh, you know, when I spoke with USF, they said that they had meetings. I would just, I would love to know who was in those meetings and how that went. Because from, People I've talked to, I think the overwhelming sentiment was, uh,
0: why didn't we bid? I agree with that assessment because I've talked to people that they do. And I will also say that I don't think I'm being unfair to Mark, whom I haven't talked to since this happened. I haven't talked to Mark. Either. If I've talked to Mark since since I gave up the blog, it has only been in a social situation. Maybe at the ball game. I didn't, even, I didn't even go to the bowl game. I did. Yeah. I don't think I've maybe at a baseball game or something like that. I don't think I've talked to him though, seriously about anything USF athletics related since I gave it a blog. Um, but I don't think I'm being unfair to him. And to be honest, there are some staffers on both sides of this fence, which is that there are a lot of people who think USF take takes Olympic sports a little too seriously and don't put enough emphasis on football, men's basketball. That they try and do all, like, there are people who have worked at USF who think that we just spend way too much time on basketball. I do, well, it's your best product. You kind of have I, to. I'm with you. I agree with you. I think you build a program through programs like that. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. But there are also people who are smart college athletics people who think we spend too much time on that kind of stuff. And don't really focus on what matters, which is two sports. And that one of the reasons that we're so goddamn bad at men's basketball is that we just don't put enough time and effort and energy into it as a community, as a a program, as a school. Though I may disagree with those people, I think Mark Harlan definitely agrees with them more than I would. And that Olympic sports didn't matter as much to his leadership he was much more focused on getting football and men's basketball than he was about Olympic sports. Whereas USF traditionally has been a school that takes Olympic sports more seriously than most similar institutions.
2: Because they actually win things.
0: Yeah. And and it's just been a weird, like USF cares more about women's basketball than like basically any school outside of UConn. You know what I mean? Like East cares about baseball. Houston cares about baseball. But we care about baseball, too. And we care about women's basketball. And when our golf teams make a run, our fan base is way more excited than the average fan base that when the men's golf team makes the final eight of the tournament. Like Our fans are out there watching that, and that doesn't happen in a lot of schools. And USF is just weird that way. It's one of the reasons I love the program is because it's weird that way.
2: Yeah, the most enthusiastic on-campus crowd we've probably had This decade was for a men's soccer game, and the second most enthusiastic crowd was for a softball game.
0: Exactly. Oh yeah, and and like the way that our soccer fans are like all fired up, and our school gives a shit about that sport, like that—that's one of the things I love about USF athletics. A lot of people that have come to USF from other schools that have been, you know, worked at other places say, "Well, with the budgets and the limitations that you have, you should spend less time worrying about that shit." And more time about the two things. I think Mark was much more in agreement with those people than he was with. And I don't think that's being unfair.
2: I think that might explain why men's soccer and softball have slowly kind of descended from their heights in the early part of the decade when soccer made it to two final eights in a row and softball made it to Oklahoma City and now they're struggling just to get into regionals. Yeah, and I don't know what the budget numbers look like, and I I, I
0: mean, I talked to Olympic sports coaches. I will say that I don't think it's unfair to say that our Olympic sports coach is still underappreciated and under-resourced.
2: In fact, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the big reason he up and left, to go to NC State. 100. I mean, like NC State is a golden 100%. job. He's Absolutely. more resources to work with.
0: For sure, and, and he's, you know... He's not the only one. So Utah. Yep. Their revenue for the
1: 2016 2017 was uh, 79 million. Twice us, baby. 2X. <laughs> Almost.
2: Not, not quite. USF is around 47 million. I looked this yeah. up because I was trying to figure out the ratio of what it would be like USF not committing 50 grand for a baseball regional to like, you know, an average salary guy not spending five bucks.
0: It's fifty bucks. You actually, I, I checked your zeros and that you missed a zero. It's actually fifty bucks to a guy who makes fifty grand. Oh
2: yeah, yeah it is. right. Okay, you're right. I I, I, I did a division <laughs> and I missed a zero, so yeah, I'm glad I didn't actually tweet that. That would have been bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw that in Slack. I was like, well, that's not right, but I know so, what it's going for. USF's total revenue
1: is one spot behind James Madison. <laughs> Where did they get all that money from? Like lacrosse. And isn't their football team good?
0: AMU, FCS, yeah. that, JMU's oh. private school. They got money. They got money up there. One,
1: two, three, four, five. Five AAC schools are ahead of them.
0: Yeah, we're mid tier AAC school, which is ridiculous because the only school in the AAC that should be ahead of us, maybe Cincinnati, probably UConn, basketball history.
1: And then Houston, Houston
2: Memphis, and UCF. That's bullf- It's downright shameful oh, that C is twelve million dollars ahead of us in revenue.
0: That's a joke. Not good enough.
2: And that's not on that's not on like C, that's on us not doing a good enough job. Right. That's that goes back to your fundraising problem. We don't know how to raise money in this city as a program, and somebody needs to come in here who, who knows how to do that. Exactly. By the way, interesting name. I'm hearing for the USF athletic director job is uh, Matt Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw his name out on the podcast if so he was
0: listening. Director of the uh, Miami-Dade Sports Commission um, is working with them right now on like Formula One, their big Formula One race, and uh, I think they're working on the World. I think they put in a bid for the World Cup in 2026 as well. Um, really smart, bright guy. USF grad. Got a lot to say. Nobody's fucking hiring that guy. All right, continue.
2: Oh, can I go on? A, can I go on a bit of a rant about women's basketball scheduling? All right. Sure.
0: Oh yeah, today, here
2: today. The American their, they didn't announce the whole league schedule, but they announced who you're going to play next season, home and away. And once again, USF has been condemned to playing UConn twice. Now, I kind of understand that thing as UConn is the best team in the league and usf is the second best team in the league but here's the problem it's not like men's basketball where you have like five teams that are relatively equal and playing each other twice it's a rising tide that lifts all boats uconn could play cincinnati 16 times a year and they're still going to be the one seed in the east every year it doesn't matter who they play in the league so why would you not have your usf's your temples your houston's whoever your other good teams are Only play UConn once so that they don't have as many of these 40-point ass kickings on their resume when the committee comes down to seed them. Why don't you protect them a little bit, and hopefully they don't have as many lopsided losses that we know for a fact the committee holds against you because they do it to USF every freaking year. Why don't you try and protect them a little bit, try and see if you can get some more teams in the tournament, get some more money. I agree. Thank you.
1: Did you see um, what conference USA is doing now for the, like the last four games, of the regular so season
0: smart. I thought it was brilliant. And like, I'm kind of mad. I didn't think of it myself. So they're going to play everybody. They have 14 league. They're going to play 14 conference games. Um, you're going to play your rival twice and everybody else once, And then after that, they're going to reseed and your last four games are going to be based on the strength of your schedule. So if you're number one, you'll play two, three, four, five your last four games which
2: this really sort of like, is like scottish soccer so scottish soccer they're only like 10 teams and yeah with like six games to go in the season they split it one through five and six through ten and one right. through five plays on to see who wins the championship and six through ten plays on to see who gets relegated it's the same kind of principle where you just you you kind of divide it up in half at the end and try and boost the top teams and make the other teams kind of fight it out
0: right and it was really smart, and I thought it was a great idea. And
2: Yeah, really, really good that event. That's definitely the nerdiest I've ever been on a podcast, bringing up Scottish soccer scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Celtics, we've got Rangers. I don't think we're ever topping that. Hearts,
0: Aberdeen, and then like anybody else? Uh,
2: Hibernian, uh, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, uh, I said, right? of Midlothian, I think. Uh, okay. St. Johnstone, I think, is the team. Maybe uh, Are
1: they- I'm more of a League of Ireland guy.
2: Is Kilarnock in Ireland or Scotland?
1: No, I have no idea. It's definitely not in the League of Ireland. I know that. Okay. That's the only okay. league I play in FIFA, so I can play for- <laughs> <laughs> so I can play for Derry City.
2: I'm confused as an Everton fan what it's going to be like having a dead sexy man as our manager. It's, I'm used to like bald-headed men, creepy-looking Scotsmen, and just fat tubs of goo. So this is going to be weird to have a guy with like a full head of hair who's like trim and in, and fit and like you know it's going to be strange. I don't know how I, I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. I think Next. it's gone off the
0: rails.
2: Yeah, I've the, the last five minutes of this.
0: <laughs> I'm for another name Look, I have I worked with Andrew Goodrich at USF Athletics many years ago. I still see him at events all the time. I don't know, a more positive, kind, ethical, amazing guy. I don't know if he's ready for the job to be athletic director at USF. Um, I don't know if he'd even say he was ready to be athletic director, but he got his doctorate here at USF from the university. So he's an alum. He had his master's at Notre Dame and his undergrad. He played baseball in undergrad and college. And I forget the school. I want to say it's like preschool somewhere. But a really smart, sharp, Great guy who's got some experience. He worked at Miami before he came back to USF. Um, I think he'd be an incredible athletic director. I just don't know if he's ready Not yet. That's somebody who understands this market. He under that that thing about you need to understand Tampa. You need to understand how to there is money in this market. That's the kind of guy that we need. Somebody who's been here, who understands Tampa, who understands USF, who understands the, the difficulties at this school, and is willing to take those challenges on it's not only just hiring that person, it's empowering that person. And so that's, it, this is a two-step process. We got to get somebody in here who understands Tampa and we've got to give that person time, money, budget, and resources to make what needs to happen, happen. So just throwing that out there too.
1: Okay. All right. Um, one, I think Goodrich's uh, would be fantastic. Um, if USF was balling on a budget and wanted to stay internal, right? but I think they're going to swing for the fences much like they did with Charlie strong. And I'm good um, with
0: swinging, good with swinging for the, fences, by the way. I'm totally fine.
1: Now I, the- um, I want to end the podcast on this. So back in October, USF lost one of the, one of the best SIDs in school history and micro micro dompsey. And they've established the Michael J. Dom Memorial scholarship. The, this guy, bled greeting gold even though he was he went to Quinnipiac and but he adopted USF as his home. He he drove an hour every day from Wildwood, Florida because his wife worked at UF and the athletic training facility and she and Mike worked for USF and so they split the distance and um traveled. So there is a way for you guys to help donate to the scholarship, to help other kids that are passionate for athletics and communications and all that um, good stuff that goes along with the tedious hours being a SID for any college. Um, We will link it to the story. And I just want you guys to read the story and he's missed every single day. I actually was just reading his text messages that we exchanged um, back and forth before this story came out. And he had the same passion for sailing that he did for baseball. And it's rare. So yeah, go donate.
2: I only met Mike one time. Um, The only time I ever get to see usf men's basketball players when they come out to smu and get beat by about 40 points so i went to cover the game and as predicted usf lost by about 40 points and before the game you know mike came up and introduced himself to me and i said hi it's like you know i started making small talk about how usf had such a small chance of winning this game because smu was that was still when larry brown was there and they were ranked and they were really really good and usf was really really bad and i kind of knew what was going to happen but mike was just so upbeat about it like he kind of like well you never know what can happen so he he was very he was a lot more positive than I would have been if I were in his position you know I'm a pretty cynical person I roll my eyes at just about anything but thinking about it Mike must have been about the least cynical person I've ever met and that's such a good thing when you're to have that sort of passion and still love what you do when you have to cover a team that bad and that was the I think that was two years ago. That was the everybody's transferring Troy and Gino got left from the airport team. So it must not have been easy to cover that team, but he he did it with a smile on his face every single day. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, he was a really good guy. And I still have the Rocket Planet stickers that uh, his former colleague Steve Schoen sent out to all of us. Um,
2: Yeah, I've got it on the when I have my uh, iPad open on press row, you can see the sticker kind of pointing out at the court. Yeah.
0: Mike was an amazing guy. So, um, I'm glad they did the scholarship. It needed to be done. And, uh, yeah, Mike, like, you know, it seems like USF loses all the great things. Like Mike was honestly like the most positive, nice, kind person. Like it was crazy. And like, you know, I, I think I told the story on the podcast before about the night where I found out that Troy and Gino got left in the airport and me texting Mike but it's kind of great. And, and, um, yeah, just like, you know, he, he did everything he could. And that was literally the worst program that he could have ever inherited. And he was, he really loved Brian Gregory. He was so excited to be a part of that. He was so program. pumped for him. He was so geeked up. He's like, man, we really got the guy. He's going to be great. And I think he was right too. I think Brian Gregory's going to be great. And, to lose them before he got to uh, to be a part of that.
2: You know, didn't even get to see a game.
0: Didn't even get to see a game.
2: I'd like to end on two kind of upbeat things. Uh, Hooray! One, yeah, I've seen the Americans' uh, offices are moving to Dallas uh, when their lease expires in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, While well, I will miss the annual Clambakes that I never got to go to. Uh, if go this year! Know, I'm going! I'm going! I am going do that. What? No, I can't do that. But but when they do come back to Dallas and start holding their media days in some uh, Soviet-style hotel from the 60s and it's 145 degrees outside, I'll be happy to cover that for you. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you know anybody and when they're hiring, uh, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, you'd probably do a hell of a job there. You'd be a really good fit for them over there. But yeah, I, I it makes sense to go to Dallas. I, you know, I interviewed... Oresco earlier this year at the women's tournament. And I don't think it's been a secret. I think I've actually written this before that they're definitely going to Dallas. So they think it makes sense for them in terms of because of all the other conferences and that the CFP is there, the Big Twelve is there. So they think it's becoming like the next, you know, place where most college athletics is going to be based and they want to be and there. And then the yeah.
1: top conference in the nation is in fucking Birmingham.
0: Next to next to the shitty version. Of um, Todd English's PUB. The good one's in Vegas, and the total shitty one is right next door to the SEC offices. <laughs> so, you
2: know, actually, the, the big 12's offices, I can almost see them from where I work. They're right on the highway in Irving. Uh, I pass by them frequently on my way to and from lunch places. So I know where that is. And I don't know if, big, if uh, the American is thinking like straight up Dallas, or I mean, there's plenty of places to, to put down stakes around here. Amen. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, hearing Gruden for the USFAD job. How about you? You <laughs> <laughs> know he has a job, he might still be interested. You just have to ask. You never know. Groomers! We got groomers! All I'll right. That's, all that's uh, it. Fuzzy, they are now. Sponsor our show. Give us tacos.
0: Fuzzies. Get your shit together. All right. I got to go. We all got to go. Go, go, okay. go. go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.